I thank God that we have learned to depend on Jesus. Take our texts for this Bible teaching from 1 Corinthians chapter 9, 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 24 to 27. Know ye not that they which run in a race run all, but one received the price, so run that ye may obtain. 25. And every man that striveth for the mastery is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a corruptible crown. But we are incorruptible. I therefore so run, not as uncertainly, so fight I, not as one that beateth the hair, but I keep under my body, bring it into subjection, lest that by any means, when I have preached to others, I myself should be a castaway. Thank God for this wonderful camp meeting. Thank God for the blessings of God. You know, God has made us to sit in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. We have enjoyed being in the presence of the Almighty God. We also want to take this opportunity to thank God for our dear country, the United States of America, for the goodness of God on this country. And as that song says, may God shed his grace on the United States of America. May the face of God be on this country, and may people in this country seek God for true freedom. This morning, with the Lord's help, our Bible teaching, we focus on an endurance race to the hand. An endurance race to the very hand. The Bible is full of images or analogies that help us understand the Christian journey. I'll just uh, mention uh, very briefly, you might write these scriptures down. Second Timothy chapter 2 verse 3 says, Thou therefore endure hardness, as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. So the Bible says we are soldiers of Christ. First Corinthians 12, 27, the Bible says we are members of the body of Christ. Second Corinthians 5, 20 says we are ambassadors for Christ. We are Christ's envoys and representatives in this world. Ephesians 2.22 says, In whom ye also have built it together for an habitation of God. Uh, that, that sounds like God is building us to be Christ-like. John 15.5 says, Jesus declares, He is divine, and we are the branches. Second Corinthians 11 says, We are the bride of Christ. And Matthew 5.13 and 14 says, ye are the sword of the head and the light of the world. These are powerful images. But Paul, the apostle, 
used a favorite image or analogy to compare the Christian life to running a race. He used that image at least nine times in his epistles. With God's help, we will explore some of those uh, verses in our Bible teaching this morning. But by the grace of God, we will spend more time in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 24 to 27, and Hebrews 12, verses 1 and 2. More specifically this morning, we will cover the following. What is a Christian race? What are the similarities between a physical race and a spiritual Christian race? What are the differences between a physical race and, and a spiritual race? Number four, what would Christians endure before they end this race? And number five, and the last, what are the benefits of running the Christian race to the very end? Take the first one. What is a Christian race? The word race is from the Greek word agonia, which is translated to the word agony in English. In other words, this Christian race demands great diligence, discipline, perseverance. No wonder the Apostolic Faith Church our motto is earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. The Greek word translated earnestly contend means to fight for. God wants us to, to do, to, 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 to fight one fight. Is to fight for the old time, the preservation of this old time faith which was once delivered unto the saints. God wants us to defend this faith with our whole lives. The Christian race is not a stroll in the park. It is a lifetime of commitments. The image of running, it's an image that, that, that the Corinthians knew very well. He understood the Hellenistic culture in which they lived. They were familiar with the Greek games. They had Olympic games. They had what is called the Ishtmia games. They had stadiums. For the last time I checked online, between now and the end of this year, there will be 12 marathon races in the state of Oregon. Not only is the fact that the Corinthians knew about marathon, we also know about it. In our text, Paul compared the Christian race life to to, to a race. It is not a 100-meter dash. You know, a 100-meter dash, you can, a good runner can do it under 10 seconds. It is not a 200-meter dash, nor a 400-meter dash. Paul likened this race to a marathon, a lifetime of marathon. Basically, a marathon is about 26.219 miles long. Many physical races start 
when the runners hear the, the, the phrase, on your mark, set, go. In the same way, a Christian race also has a start. It starts with salvation from sin. We have heard that over and over and over during this camp meeting. John 3, 3. John chapter 3, verse 3. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot start the race. He cannot see the kingdom of God. To be born again is to be saved from sin. And Ephesians 2 tells us that we are saved by grace through faith. Salvation from sin is wonderful. When a sinner sends a simple prayer, heartfelt prayer to the great God of heaven, Lord be merciful unto me a sinner. That is powerful. The Bible says that the Spirit of God will bear witness with our spirit that we are children of God. That is salvation. The Christian race starts right there at the foot of the cross. Whether you are from Korea or Japan or Nigeria or Ghana or from America or Canada, that is where we all start from. We take a trip to the cross. I remember Brother Nolan Roby encouraging us younger ministers to always get to Calvary. He said, take the shortest call to Calvary. Whether you sing or teach or preach or, or testify or you do anything, just make sure you get to Calvary because that is where the Christian race starts. Hebrews 2, 3, I love it. It says, how shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation? Nobody should diminish salvation. Salvation is great. Salvation is wonderful. It changes our lives. There was a time they were having problems in, 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 a, in the school district in my city where we live. And my, my, my colleague just walked up to my office one day uh, and he said the wife is the counselor of the high school. Uh, and he told me the wife, I uh, told him that uh, they were having enormous problems. And, and the wife said that uh, the kids that we have never had problems with in this high school, they are kids from who go to Solas Church. <laughs> <laughs> So he wanted to know, well, well, why are the kids from your church different? It is because of this great salvation. You know what? Salvation is wonderful. We don't have to cast our head down. We have a wonderful gospel. Paul said, he told the Romans, I am not ashamed. I may be ashamed of many things, but not this gospel. Not this salvation. <laughs> you know, uh, for me, it started in the spring of 1984. 
and climbed a tall tree at Liberty Stadium at Ibadan in Nigeria, where I'd been brought up in the gospel, learned the story of Zacchaeus. But that day I had no money to watch a soccer match. Then I thought like I would do what Zacchaeus did, and I climbed a tall tree. But the difference was Zacchaeus was looking for Jesus. I was not looking for Jesus. Well, praise God, Jesus was looking for me. On that third tree, the Lord came to me. If you fall down here and die, where will you spend eternity? I came down, went home, knelt by my bedside, prayed a sinner's prayer. It was not a flashy prayer, but it was a penitent prayer. Lord, be merciful to me, a sinner. If you are in this car meeting and you have not gotten to the cross, you have not prayed that prayer, you need to. It's a wonderful race. We are thankful that in our midst this morning, I am just a baby in the gospel, 39. Brother Phillips told me last week, he, was, he and Sister Sylvia were saved March 21, 1948. Over 75 years of running this race. And every time the church door was open, if they could, they were always there. They are still running the race. It's a wonderful race. A Christian race, again, is not a sprint that ends few minutes after you start. Sometimes in this race, we go, we are on the mountain top. Some other times we are in the valley of life. But as that song says, in shady green pastures, so rich and sweet, God leaves his dear children alone. Some through the water, some through the flood, some through the fire, but aren't you thankful this morning? But all through the blood, <laughs> some through great sorrow. But I love that, that phrase, but God gives a song in the night season, like he gave Paul and Silas a song. God will give you a song. We go through different seasons of life. Look at that brother. Just woke up to go to church on Sunday. Six years old that passed away. We go through great sorrows. But thankful. We go through the blood of Jesus. He gives us a song. A song in the night. A song of victory. A song like through the love of God our Savior. All will be well. A song like we have an anchor. That keeps the soul safe us and sure where the billows roll. Fasten to the rock. We cannot move. Grand and firm and deep in the Savior's love. Don't you like that? I like the sound of that. <laughs> Wonderful song. I said the, the word is this place is from the Greek word agony, agony. But I don't want to make you feel like this is an, uh, this is not a race worth, uh, running. The people in this world are also, the people who are not saved are also in a race. They are running for the devil. And the devil does not give them a song. He doesn't give a song in the night. The devil will tell them you cannot make it. The devil will tell them, no, 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 there's no hope for you. But in your night season, 
God will visit you. The power of God in your times of affliction, the power of God will rest upon you. The Lord will lift you up. Whether there be five people in your congregation, or ten people, or twenty, or hundred, oh, we feel the presence of God. We feel the power of God. Number two, what are similarities between a physical race and a spiritual Christian race? One, both require preparation to qualify to run the race, and they have starting lines and finishing lines. You know, when there's a race to be run, a wise runner must make careful preparation. They train very far ahead. We also, on this Christian race, must make careful preparation. Many runners have been disqualified for not starting the race well. We also need to start well. We need to start at the foot of the cross. But what will help us to endure? We must press on. If you are not sanctified, sanctification will help you in this race. If you are not filled with the Holy Spirit, you you better be filled with the Holy Spirit this morning. We are afraid this morning, God, give us another Pentecost throughout this day. Because the baptism of the Holy Spirit will help you. When the going gets tough, God will comfort you. The Spirit of God will bring you comfort. You need the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Start right. Start right. But we also need to continue to endure. To see the finishing line. I want to tell you this morning about the story of John Stephen Aquari. He was a man who represented Tanzania at the 1968 Olympic Marathon Race. John Stephen Aquari started the marathon very well, but then midway along the race, he had an injury, he fell down, he received some medical attention, uh, people around told him to just, just move to the stand. Just go. This injury is too much. But John would not have any of that. John Aquari said, I will continue to run. He got back on the track to continue his race. His pace, of course, was now much lower. But his resolve to complete that race remained intact. 18 of those 75 uh, runners uh, on that marathon, 75 of them, 18 had dropped out at that time. But John said, no way. The race, the, uh, the, those who won the race had been announced. They came to the podium. It was an Olympic game. They acknowledged them. More than an hour later, John Stephen Aquari showed up limping limping but uh, there was there was no nothing to run for so to say but to him there was everything to run for he limped 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 until he crossed the finish line the second day they asked him why did you continue running when it seemed there was no point in doing so 
His response has gone down in sporting history. Hear what this man said. My country did not send me 5,000 miles to start the race. They sent me 5,000 miles to finish the race. Folks, God has not sent us from heaven to only start this race. He has sent us to endure and to finish. We, 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 if there's something that we need to finish, this should not be a white elephant project. We need to finish this race. Both the physical and spiritual races require consistency. There was a man named Frank Schroeder. He was the first American in 64 years to win the gold medal at the 1972 Olympic Marathon in Munich, then West Germany. After Frank had won that Olympic Marathon, it was later reported that Frank had practiced every single day for seven years. He never missed training. One day in seven years, he trained consistently. They asked his coach, why? Hear what the coach said. Surely to miss training just this once, a runner may say, surely to miss training just once will not matter. After all, there is a long season of training ahead. But the coach says to miss training once is to open a breach in the world of routine. And a single breach will almost certainly be followed by other breaches to the point that there will be no routine left. It may seem like our services are routine. You as many of our children, they know they can play church for you. They know the order of service. If you distort that order, your children will tell you, Daddy, you are not supposed to do that. That is not the way it's done in Portland. That is not the way it's done in other places. It may look routine, but it is powerful. First Corinthians fifteen fifty-eight says, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abandoned in the work of the Lord. For as much as ye know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Our labor is not in vain. God wants us to be steadfast, consistent. Hebrews 10, 23 says, let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering. Hold something fast. Get a good grip of the gospel. Let it not be my dad's gospel, my mom's gospel. Praise God, it's a dad's gospel, it's a mom's gospel, but it has to be your own gospel. It has to be your own God. No, we want to be consistent in reading the Bible, consistent in praying, consistent in church attendance. Do you like athletes who run 100 meters in 10 seconds today and they run 100 meters in 50 seconds tomorrow? That is inconsistency. We need to be consistent. We want to run until the question of not running never arises. We want to read the Bible until the question of not reading the Bible never arises. No, uh, Brother Nick Segres uh, preached on, uh, on Genesis 5.24. Enoch walked with God and he was not, for God took him away. 
a writer was describing that. And he said, it's like God checked up Enoch in the morning and said, let's go on a walk. And they were going on a walk, going on a walk. And by evening, they were still on a walk talking. And God said, Enoch, we've gone all day. Do you want to go back? And Enoch said, I've gone too far. I don't want to go back, God. And God said, come home. (laughs) We need to walk with God to that point where it's too far to go back. It's to, to go back where? I love that song. Oh, master, let me walk with thee. Remember, no runner receives the victor's crown unless the training is consistent. Both races require discipline. Must discipline every part of their body. First Corinthians 9.27 says, But I keep under my body. Bring it into subjection. Colossians 5.35 says, Mortify, therefore your members. Subdue your members. 1 Timothy 4, 7 to 8 says, exercise, 1 Timothy 4, 7 to 8, exercise thyself rather unto godliness. For bodily exercise profited little, but godliness is profitable unto all things, having the promise of the life that now is and of that which is to come. In 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 22, he was encouraged, flee also youthful lost. But follow righteousness, faith, charity, peace with them that call on the Lord out of a pure heart. God, God wants a, a Christian runner to live a disciplined life. A Christian runner needs to have boundaries. You may look at me this morning and feel like, brother, oh, you, are, you are not a runner. You, you, you are a little bit, um, you know, you need to work on it. I like my sweet ice cream, cheesecake. My wife is still working on me. And of course, God is still working on me. But one thing, I may not be a runner in this world. By the grace of God, I am a runner in this gospel. (laughs) You and I need to have boundaries. Paul told Timothy, things he should embrace, things he needs to run away from. Flee, flee, Timothy, young man, young woman. Don't destroy your future. Don't destroy your calling. Don't destroy the plan that God has for your life. Run away from lust. Keep your body under. Bring it into subjection. It will require prayers. It will require consecration. It's not going to happen when the service is over and you just make your way out. It's going to happen when you say, take my life and let it be. Consecrated Lord to thee. Take my moment and my day. Let them flow in ceaseless praise. Both races require uh, runners who will run without encumbrances. Hebrews 12, 1, wherefore sin we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight, and the same which does so easily beset us. And let us run with patience the race that is set before us. The Bible says, lay aside every weight and the sin. So weights are not necessarily sinful things, because it talks about weight and sin. 
So weight may be encumbrances or things that hinder us from running successfully. Weight might be things that lessen our focus and attention and desire for the things of God. There are things that will not allow us to passionately desire the glory of God on our lives. You know, when you see a man, a young man, a young woman who is desiring the glory of God, if, if you and you and you and I desire the glory of God, oh, the glory of God will roll all over this tabernacle. Galatians 5, 7 says, What doth hinder you? Whatever the hindrances may be, may God remove them this morning. It also, both races require focusing on the goal. We need to focus on the goal. You know, the, I love it when uh, Paul was writing to the Philippians. He said, uh, Christ, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. The joy that was set before him. That is the goal. When we, when we run this race with the goal of heaven in perspective. Yes. Oh, it helps us. We are energized. Says, looking unto Jesus, that's Hebrews 12, 2, the author and finisher of our faith, who for that joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame. Looking unto Jesus, a writer once said, if you look at the word, you will be distressed. But if you look at Jesus, you will be at rest. We need to shift our focus on, on the world, away from the world. You know, if we begin to look too much at the world, you listen, and they hardly could you put, put on any new station today that you will not be distressed. It will call you the distress and depression sometimes. But look to Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. It will help you run to the end. You remember Peter when he was looking at the storm? The environment, he began to sink. But when he looked at Jesus, he walked on water. Every individual around you will either encourage your race or hinder your race. Choose your friends wisely. The Bible says evil communications corrupt good manners. Number three, I want to wrap up fairly quickly. Some of the differences, physical races are run swiftly. But spiritual races require patience. Hebrews 12, 1 again says, let us run with patience. The race that is uh, set before us. You know, when you run the race of this world, it's in a hurry. Fast, quick pace. But you, you and I cannot serve God in a hurry. We cannot read the Bible in a hurry. We cannot pray in a hurry. The Bible says, Lines upon lines. Precepts upon precepts. That's how we read the Bible. Methodically. You know, Hebrews 10, 36 says, For ye have need of patience, that after that ye have done the will of God, ye might receive the promise. Ecclesiastes chapter 9, 11. Ecclesiastes 9, 11. The race is not to the swift, nor the battle to the strong. Another difference, in physical races, you only have one winner during pause time. You may have three winners today, gold medalist, silver medalist, bronze medalist, but that is all. But in this spiritual race, everybody can be a winner. Everybody who crosses the finish line 
Once you just cross that finish line, you are a winner. <laughs> Another difference here, the physical race is about competition. But the spiritual race is about collaboration, or what I would call the unity of the spirits. We heard that on Sunday. We are not competing against one another. We are a great team. The forces of, of hell cannot conquer the church of God. When we come together, we are powerful. You know what? I, we always say it in Pullman. We are part of something bigger. <laughs> you know, Ephesians 4.13 says, Ephesians 4.13, we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. We, we, we are not competing Hey, you are praying for me this morning. I'm praying for you. Every Tuesday night in Pullman, 8.30, we, we have prayer meeting. And what do we do? We pray for all our churches all over the world. We are not competing. <laughs> we are on the same team. <laughs> Galatians 6.2. You know when we are on the same team, you know what we do. Galatians 6.2. It says, bear ye one another's bodies. And so fulfill the law of Christ. We bear one another's bodies. We pray for the camp meeting here. We pray for the one in Florida. We pray for the camp meeting in the Midwest. We go to London, uh, UK. We pray for the camp meeting. We pray for the camp meeting in Nigeria. We pray for the one in Canada. All over the world. We are one family. Number four. What would Christians endure before we end this race? I will just... Um, Read these verses uh, to you. Say these verses in the interest of time. The word endure appears 28 times in the Bible. And some of those have to do with what Christians will endure during this race to heaven. What would you and I endure? Second Timothy chapter 2 verse 3. Thou therefore endure hardness. We will endure, we will need to endure hardness. Second Timothy chapter 4 verse 5, but watch thou in all things, endure afflictions. We will need to endure afflictions. First Peter chapter 2 verse 19, for this is thankworthy if a man for conscience toward God endure grief. Sometimes God may call us in this race to endure grief. Hebrews 12 7 says, if ye endure chastening, there might be times that we might be chastened of the Lord or sometimes even of the ministry and they might tell us, you know, you should not do that. Uh, stay here. If, if you, if you endure chastening of the Lord, you know what? The Lord will bless you. The, the, the Lord will cause blessings to fall upon you. Second Timothy chapter two verse 10 says, I endure all things. After that, he talks about endure this and that. Then, even if there's one that is not mentioned there, he says, endure all things. Whatever the Lord may bring your way, my way, on this race, the Bible says, endure everything because of the goal, because of the finish line. Like First uh, Peter chapter 1, verse 4, says, to an inheritance incorruptible, and undefiled, and are faded not away, 
reserved. Your prize is reserved in heaven. It is guaranteed. Last uh, uh, point, question that we are looking at. What are the benefits of running this Christian race to the end? Second Timothy chapter 4, 7 to 8. Paul, in his closing statement here, said, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Henceforth, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness. There's a crown of righteousness waiting for you. If you cross that finish line, Revelation 2.10 says, Be thou faithful unto death, and I will give thee a crown of life. First one talks about a crown of righteousness. Then Revelation talks about a crown of life. On this one edge, there will be a coronation. A coronation in heaven. You know, we just had a coronation in the United Kingdom. But this one, God himself will perform the coronation. A crown of righteousness. Then a crown of life. In fact, in the Bible, there's five different types of crowns. On this one head. I cannot imagine it, but I believe it. Do you believe it? (laughs) Wonderful. Heaven will be wonderful. Revelation 21, 2 and 4. And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven. Prepare as a bride I don't for her husband for, and God shall wipe away all tears from your eyes. There shall be no more death, neither sorrow, nor crying, no more pain. The city will be pure gold. No need of the sun, neither of the moon to shine in. There will be no darkness there. You are going through pain today. God said, endure. Just keep on keeping on. Very soon. No more death, no more pain, no more sorrow. Our loved ones that we used to be at dinner table together. <laughs> and we look around the dinner table, they are no longer there. It's painful to us. But God said, carry on. If they made it to heaven, you will see them again. <laughs> I want to conclude with Hebrews 4.1. Hebrews 4.1 says, let us therefore fear, lest the promise being left us of entering into his rest. Any of you should seem to come short of it. You know, that old picture of coming short, there are two coming short in the Bible. All have seen and come short of the glory of God. This is the second place where the Bible used that phrase, come short. It's the picture of uh, uh, a Greek, in Greek language, of an, uh, an athlete or a runner who falls short of the goal of crossing the finish line. Just about crossing the finishing line, the, 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 the runner falls short. It reminds me of, of when I uh, uh, traveled to Dallas, Texas for a project meeting with some of my colleagues around the country. We finished those two days meeting. I was tired. Then I, I took a taxi to uh, Dallas Fort Worth Airport, and, and I got to the airport on time. I, I was asked to go through security. I raised up my two hands. The scammer checked me. Pass. My luggage is passed. They looked at my passport. I had a United States passport. Oh, you are okay. I had a Washington State driver's license. You are okay. 
Then I, I put on my bed, my shoes, everything, ran to the gate. As I was at the gate waiting, we got announcement that the flight had been delayed for, for two, three hours. And then I, I was waiting and waiting and waiting. And then at the time, I felt like, oh, no, I need to go eat. Because I saw that people were eating. They were going to different restaurants. Then I, I, I went there, I looked at the map, and I, I love Asian food. I had eaten American food all through at the hotel. So the Asian food was somewhere so far. And then I lost focus. I went away. I got the Asian food. Rather than run back to the gate, I was eating there, chatting with the servers. You know, God is good. And then they were calling me on the public address system. This is the last boarding call. Passenger on solar destruction. This is the last boarding call. Come to the boarding gate. I didn't hear. And then I got to the gate. The plane had left. I departed. It was in the night. I started to weep. I told them, can you rebook me? They said, we can't get you to Pullman tonight. After much begging, they flew me to Portland. I got to Portland midnight. I slept barely one hour on the hard chairs there. I had disappointed my wife. I couldn't tell my children. You know, that is what it is. When you miss this, this train, when you miss the last boarding call, you, when you don't finish, you disappoint many people. I couldn't tell them. I told my wife, I said, I am sorry. You know what? Are you at the boarding gate this morning? Do you have a purpose to finish this morning? Do you have a purpose to cross the line? Don't come short. You may come short of anything, but not come short of making it to heaven. The Lord will bless us to this morning. This is Psalm 393. You want to come and reconsecrate. You want to come to Jesus. He will bless you this morning. He will help you this morning. He will help you finish this race. May God bless each and every one.